0: Hi there, it's Grace Krivinger. Welcome back to the Art of What's Next podcast. I think you're going to love today's episode. Bonnie Wan is here with me, and she's the author of a new book that is my latest obsession called The Life Brief. And after I read her book, I was pretty sure that we were soul sisters in our desire to help people create lives that feel really true and authentically theirs. As creator of the Life Brief, Bonnie helps people live with clarity, creativity, and courage by teaching us how to write creative briefs for our lives. Without further ado, let's have a great conversation with Bonnie Wan. I am thrilled to have Bonnie Wan with me here today. Uh she wrote as I mentioned this incredible book called The Life Brief and when we just before we were starting this episode I was telling her that I I feel this kindred spirit connection with you Bonnie and I'm just thrilled to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for being with us.
1: It's such an honor to be here and to be part of the Hivey audience and community.
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. And I have to say, I mean your book just struck such a chord in me because it's it, it's there's so much of it that's why I started the High Rate because we feel this, um, we feel this gap between where we are now and where we either want to be or thought we'd be, and it's such a muddy mess to try to get there sometimes. Uh, so what you do is you um you've created this concept of the life brief to guide us, um, towards the clarity that so many of us are yearning for in our lives. So. Can we just talk about what what is the concept of the life brief?
1: Well, I've spent over the last 30 years um, as a career strategist in advertising. And what that means is my whole job is to help companies get really crystal clear about their essence. We call it the brand essence. And what the essence means is what is at the heart of why they exist, who they are, what they believe in the world, so that they can innovate and create from that place of distinction and clarity. Um, because when you do that, then you know you're not chasing a competitor's dream or living out somebody else's story, um, that you can remain true to your purpose, um, why you exist, and that no matter where you go, where you take a company or your products or services, it's always in line with your DNA. And I realized in 2010, after many years of doing this for clients, when I hit a personal crisis of meaning in my own personal life I just had a reflex. Um, how do I cut through the clutter, the confusion, the complexity I was facing with my marriage, um, with parenting, with every the life I had created, the big life I had created. And my reflex was to do what I did for every client, was to drop in, to the essence of what I really wanted and identify what mattered most.
0: Yes. Yes. And how, so you used, and I'd love to hear this in your words, but you used the same tools that you, that you utilized to bring out that brand essence. You use that same methodology or framework to help clarify things in your own life. And then from there built a structure for each of us to lean on as well. How, how did that like, did, How did that play out? Did you know, as you were building this for yourself, did you, were you recognizing like, wait a second, this is what I do for my work. And now I'm using it on myself and I can use it for others. Or was it more subconscious than that? How did that process
1: work? Well, if I were to be really honest, I think that I, well, let me back up. My whole life has been fascinated by human motivation. I think it's what got me into the job that I have, my day job, Mm -hmm. Um, what motivates people, what drives them, what fuels one person to overcome startling challenges as others facing the similar challenges collapse, you know? Um, And so as a strategist, I get to study human behavior and human psychology all the time in relation to culture. And I I, I I fell into this beautiful job of looking at how do people make decisions? What drives behavior change? And how do we do that at speed? And so early on in my career, I think I had a suspicion that what I'm doing for advertising and marketing and branding Maybe it has um, bigger potential, Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't really understand what that meant or how that could come about until I I found in my own life a desperate need. And when I hit rock bottom, it was either I was going to divorce my husband or I was going to try something and experiment with a way out. And it was that in that moment, it was a reflex. You know, um, I was at my childhood home, my parents, you know, at a on a business trip, and some unbearable questions kept circling in my mind. And we had probably been going through a dark year-long chapter in our marriage where we had three young kids under the age of five. I was the primary breadwinner, though my husband was also trying to launch a company. Most of our interactions were spent fighting, debating, negotiating, not at all the picture of partnership that either of us entered into. I felt like our kids were not getting enough of us, that we were not giving the right parts of us to each other. And we certainly didn't have the time to ourselves to replenish and um, revive. And so it was a circus and it was going on and on in loops. Um, We were both angry, frustrated at our wits end. And then... In my childhood home, in my childhood bedroom, something, you know, happens. You return to a different part of yourself, you access a different part of yourself. Right. And suddenly I realized this impasse, this stuckness was familiar to me. I've been on the other side of it, on the other side of the table with clients for really, you know, for so many years where they see a mountain of messiness, um, competitive turmoil, um, stakeholder pressure, you know, all kinds of things that they can't see through the trenches of their own problems. And I knew that as a strategist, I had the tool sets to help them stand back, to take a higher um, view of what was going on, to, to look at it through the lens of curiosity instead of despair or frustration or stress. And I realized maybe I need to do this for myself. And how do I get really, really sharp and singular about what I want? How do I cut beyond the noise and drop into a deeper truth? That's what I do as a strategist. I listen again and again, and I separate noise and clutter and confusion from the ahas, the insights, the truths.
0: Yes. And I, I even hearing you describe being in your childhood home, in your childhood bedroom like I, you described that scene in the book, and I had goosebumps when you were saying it because. I I really felt that place of uh vulnerability and kind of desperation of like like tell me what to do like asking the walls basically. Yes. <laughs> and and it's interesting, you know, something that I uh, really believe in and and you talk ab- about as well even even in what you just described. I think the most profound transformation happens from the darkest places. Like every single time. I just don't see how we make great change when things are going along just well, like we make great change when things hurt and when things are hard. And when you described that scene in your childhood bedroom of, and the question of what do I really, really want, which is a big theme of your book as well. I mean, I've literally, I got goosebumps in reading it. I got goosebumps in hearing you describe it because we've all been there in some way or another. Whether it's literally in our childhood bedroom or metaphorically going back to like that younger self of like, who who do I really want to be? What life am I living? Yeah, I I just thought it was really, really profound, and I and I love this idea of someone that, and I'll just tell for those of you that are listening. And Bonnie is has done just such amazing work out in the world. She is the partner and head of brand strategy at Goodby Silverstein. We could talk a little bit about your leave of absence in a second, but she also has four kids. She's written this amazing book. So you're one of those people that we look at from afar and think that you must never have those moments of insecurity and vulnerability in your childhood bedroom where you're asking all the big questions. And so it was just, it's beautiful that you opened that up to us as that was your starting point. That was your place of going, something has to shift.
1: Well, I want the audience to know I have those moments maybe on the daily, you know, um, and I I think, you know, I'm of menopause age now. And so dealing with the physiological changes and the new feelings and anxieties as hormones shift in my body, you know, so yeah. um, And the new identity.
0: I mean, I'm in that same boat, the new identities that go along with that in terms of how we feel in our femininity and how we feel we're being received in the world and our confidence. Mine certainly has taken a, you know, a little bit of a beating. So, you know, so it's, it's interesting as we go through those things alongside the life things.
1: Well, I do believe that modern life is lived in five or six year chapters. So um, I don't, think I think it's a it's an interesting time to be alive right now. I think you know, in previous generations, our lives were really prescribed for us. We knew our roles, we knew how to show up. We knew or we had a shared definition of what a good life looks like. And we could all subscribe to that more or less. I think whether it was
0: achievable or not, whether it was achievable
1: or not, whether it was um, a true definition or not, of course, there were always rebels um, out there. um, Love them, you know, for existing, but today the changes are so rapid. Um, The choices are so wide and expansive that it's often hard to navigate. Which choices do I want to go for? What's available to me truly? And am I living someone else's story or um, do I know, am I connected to my own? And so I think it's, it, it, culture today is really confusing. Modern life is confusing, but the beauty of it is, is that we can define things um, That are unique to us. We can have voice and agency in it, but many of us have not been taught how to navigate, how to connect and listen for our own truths so that we can write out our own stories and then live them out. Mm -hmm. Um, We are still in that uh, one foot in the old world bringing along or carrying the voices and stories that we've been, we've inherited either from our mothers, our parents, our teachers, um, our friends, or people we admire or idolize in society. We haven't really had the practice or the teachings for how to tune in right. to our own calling.
0: Uh, and, and, what I think is really beautiful about that is that you do provide the practice and you do provide the exercises. I loved um, one of the exercises that I wanted to share with our listeners is the daily brain dump. It's towards the beginning of the book. And and I also love that there's a very kind of cheeky way in the next chapter where you say, did you really do it? Did you try to skip out of that? Which I love because we all kind of are like, I, you know, we dip a toe in the water and then we step back out. But the daily brain dump, I did. I really, I I participated in your book. And I just, I loved how it, what it helped me do is kind of cycle through which thoughts were based on shoulds or expectations that I think others have of me and what are my true thoughts. And by actually doing them every day, you know, by doing the daily brain dump every day and kind of getting the things that were on my mind, it was easier to start to identify what are, what are thoughts that are really attached to deeper yearnings and what are thoughts that are attached to like old expectations and old stories.
1: And that's the power of writing, you know, Um, as a strategist, we're always writing and taking note of what we're learning, what we're researching, what we're finding, because the mind is very permissive and vague. And I don't know about you, but as soon as I have a lightning rod insight, it's immediately overtaken by another thought or a to do or a phone call that comes in and then i can't my brain just can't grab that insight back though i'm left with the feeling you know the yes. remnants of the feeling but when we write things down and we do it over time in very small increments of time 5 minutes 10 minutes a day just dump dump what's coming up And the practice of just simply allowing what's coming up from within out and onto the page without judgment, without withholding, without editing, then at the end of, let's say, two weeks, you have a collection that you can then examine from a beginner's mind through stranger's eyes without the attachment to the feelings that came along with those thoughts. And yes, then you can sort Oh, this is noise or, Oh, there's my mother right there. Oh wait, but this is interesting. And this shows up time. And again, is this a pattern and what is this pattern telling me? What is I... it stimulating in me? And now we can be in relationship with ourselves.
0: It's, it's amazing. I, mean, I literally like, I'm like holding myself down. I want to be kind of jumping out of my seat because I, I don't know if I can describe to you how much I agree with you and how pers- like personally I have seen this again and again. I've told this story before. I, I had this green journal 10, 11 years ago, and I would write in it every day around the same ideas of deeper yearnings and what I really, really wanted. And every day I'd write in this journal and every day i would say but i really have no idea what i want to do i just don't know i just don't know and then i went back and read the journal the kind of front to back as if it were a book and i said over and over and over again that i wanted to create a space for women to create their next chapters and meanwhile again and again i'd be like i don't know and i i don't know but but my like i guess it's it, it's in reviewing those patterns. And I also think it's in that somatic connection from the pen to the brain. Yes. That's just allowing us to be a, a bit freer than the yes. like keyboard. Would you agree with that?
1: Yes. There's a amazing poet and wisdom author, Roger Hausden, who says writing rearranges the furniture of our minds. Yes. I love poets because they, they put things just so writing rearranges, the furniture of our minds. And so your story coming out of your mouth, from your brain to your mouth was, I don't know. I have no idea what I want. Yet on the page, again and again, subconsciously, you were telling yourself exactly what you wanted.
0: Right. Oh, it's just, it, speaking of poets, I wish I could remember who this was. Some, someone is going to reply in the comments or maybe, you know, but there's a there was a poet that used to say that she would, like a poem would come to her and she'd like have to run out of the house and like go grab it by the, go, like, yes. go grab it before it escaped. And yes. I, think, I think, I mean, ideas are like that. The patterns of our lives, the clarity we're looking for is like that. Like we have to go grab it.
1: <laughs> you like, gotta write oh it like, down, right? Yes. And once you park it, then you can let go of that anxiety, that energy, that, because you can always return to it. But if we don't lock it in, right. grab it, write it, capture it, then it's fleeting. Right, right. Oh, and I love it. I, so, you know, people have made the observation to me that, oh, wow, this practice is a lot of writing. It, it's very word heavy. And, you know, I, I do believe that it is not analytical, though. I think we associate writing with analysis, right? And there's many forms of writing. But when you talk about the brain dump, it's very intuitive. It's unlocking the subconscious. I call it letting the pen lead because you're not planning what you're writing. You're allowing it to come out. And the exercise calls for continuous writing. Even if you get stuck that you repeat I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I'm st- until it flows again. And that form of writing is a, a discovery. It's a form of discovery. And then afterwards, only afterwards, can you look at it, chew it, chew on it, reflect, see what it's actually saying.
0: Right.
1: And then the second form of writing, which is in the second part of the book, is writing to commit. How do you then write? Take a look at all the patterns, all the threads, the insights, and ahas you've collected in the first part. I forgot to say there are three parts to this practice. Oh,
0: and they're so great! They're so great. You can share with the share them with us because they're okay. really good. They're really good.
1: Get messy is part one, and this is where we collect the ingredients of our truths yes. and. You know, and there are so many exercises, ways in a strategist toolbox to to get those things out. And the book I've tried out probably not all of the tools, but some of my favorite tools for what strategists do to get people to drop into those insights quickly. Because in advertising, we have to operate in Minutes and seconds, not months and years. We're not therapists. We're not coaches. So we work with what are the tools, the exercises, the questions that help people drop in and cut through fast. And so that's what's populated in part one get messy. And that's all about being generative without editing, without judgment. And it's the practice of setting aside your inner critic, your inner judge, your inner editor. Because really at the fundamental essence of this practice, it's you being in relationship with yourself and allowing those truths to come forward in your private practice right? to be able to acknowledge them and not suppress them, stuff them away, avoid them. And once you've collected the ingredients through all the exercises, some might work for you, some might not go with the ones that do. Then you have the ingredients to study, to reflect on, sort, and organize. You can sort out the noise, the stuff that's drama, distractions, the noise of today, the noise of circumstance or situation. Right. And then you need to you get to create a bucket that's all about the non-negotiables, the sacred the things that light you up, that feel important and urgent because you can't imagine being at the end of your life, not having tasted those things. And once we've sorted and separated, those are the pieces that you get to use as clay for the clarity and the commitment of your brief which in essence is your North star and your vision. And when you can hone in and zone in on those pieces, then we get to write to commit, write and choose the juiciest words we can think of to get to an exclamation mark or a series of what I call declarations. Sentences that might only speak to you and only you But when you read them or say them to yourselves, you get this fire in your belly, the goosebumps on your arms, the butterflies, the nerves, the impatience to start. And when you get that feeling in every statement, that's when you know you have a fuck yes life brief.
0: Yes, 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 yes. And then
1: that feeling propels you into the next act, which we think, you know, I think we have, we live in a society that has a bias for action. So part three is getting active, right? How to act on your brief. But in a culture of, with a bias for action, we skip over getting messy and getting clear. That's
0: exactly right. I I just have to stop you because I kind of like, oh, I see, I'm jumping out of my seat again. The thing is, is that there's so often this misconception, and I've seen this so many times in your brief, your life brief concept just dismantles this for people. And I love it. There is this expectation that we have that we are somehow going to get this clarity, like a lightning bolt in the shower. And it's going to happen when we're not like, we don't have like, we don't have to set aside time for it. And what I really loved about what you're doing is you said, no, like you got to write this stuff every day for two weeks. You got to write, you got to do the brain dump. You got to commit. You got to like show up. You got to use the words and then, and then you get the clarity to take action because if we expect it the other way around, if we expect that we should act first, as we've been taught by our society the only place we can come back to is the shoulds and the expectations and the inner critic and the because we we haven't had a chance to do the work yet, right? Like yeah, sorry, when I, you I act so without
1: that clarity, it's life's full of U-turns. Yes. Second guessing, yeah, panic moments, you know. Um, I say action is a byproduct of clarity. Right. Without the clarity though, you're chasing your own tail.
0: Or or going back to the same as it always was, right? Like it's
1: like, yeah, we tend to repeat ourselves. You know, we either sleepwalk and take the same actions again and again, or we throw spaghetti at the wall. Right? We try this, we try that, Um, try a little of everything. It's a taster's menu, but we're not really going anywhere. But when you get clear, suddenly and automatically, what happens when you have that fuck yes feeling? Your attention. Automatically swerves and Mm -hmm. it starts looking for the opportunities and invitations and ideas that take you to your brief. And your decisions start to clarify themselves because you can weigh every decision. Does this choice serve my brief or doesn't it? And that becomes very clear, right? So you almost have a tuning fork or a compass. For the choices that you make and the decisions you say yes to, and what you say no to, Mm, it's so beautiful. It's so
0: beautiful. I just, I just love it because I feel like it reframes. There, there's so often this, this desire that we have to know our internal answers, right? To know, like, you know, who am I really? What do I really, really want? And I love one of your questions. uh, it was an exercise in the end of one of the chapters and it was, if you really knew me, mm-hmm. I loved that one because, because I just, I, I think there's, there's so much mentorship and guidance that you're providing us and getting out of the way of, again, kind of the societal expectations or the way that we've always done things or the ways that we stay stuck.
1: Yes. And that question comes from a Shanti branch and I just want to call it out. He's an amazing educator, you know, Um, A lot of the toolbox come from these incredible people. It's an amalgamation, the strategy community, and even Ashanti, who's an educator, not a strategist. But there's so many tools out there, but not all of the tools or questions are created equal. Like, who am I? That's a big, daunting hairball of a question. How do I even break that down? Right, right. But what do you want? Boom, it drops you in. And it doesn't mean that you always know the answer, but your brain wants to know the answer. You know, uh, it feels just within reach. And so you'll work hard for it. And the beauty of questions is they hijack our brains and they stimulate us out of panicked stories, the theater of our minds where we tell each other ourselves, you know, I'm not enough blank fill in the blank or I can't or this doesn't work questions take us on a new journey they pivot us out of those um those hardwired stories right those loops yeah and they send us on a little bit of a new adventure
0: oh so beautiful I have to ask you because I loved that question if you really knew me I thought was such a interesting, such an interesting way of kind of getting out of our own way. But how would you answer that question? Like, if you really are yeah. to finish that sentence, if you really knew me, well, for our listeners or for you know people that that, and also for what you're going through now. I mean, again, you're a mama four. You have a big job. You you just launched a book. I know you've been launching this book with this incredible tenacity and energy and inspiration like you're putting a ton into this. So right now, how do you answer that question if you really knew me?
1: Well, so many different ways. If you really knew me, you'd know that um I have as many dark doubts as anyone out there. Mm-hmm. I have just become really practiced um in understanding that Curiosity, creativity, and action help pivot me out of the doubts. I yes. know now what I wish I knew when I was younger is not to sit and spin in my head, but to get up, ask myself a question, create something, chase an idea as much as messy as it gets, or propel myself to do something. And every step I take, it'll take me to a new place that shifts my emotional state, my spiritual state, in even my physical, physical state. Oh, I think yes. if you really knew me, you'd know I have a really dark, macabre, sardonic sense of humor, um, which I only let out um, when I'm very, very safe. Because yeah. As an immigrant, as a, um, you know, someone who had a a tough childhood, I don't feel safe uh, letting my full self out. As I see many underrepresented people, women, anybody who has spent time on the periphery, safety is such an important thing. If you really knew me, you would know that I have always been driven to serve people, to unlock people in some way, uh, to study the human, I don't know, the engine that runs, the operating system that we're built on and to fine tune it in a way that helps people dive into their own agency and see a wider net of possibility because we're always conditioned to think that we only have two answers available to us or two choices, that the world is binary. Um, Do I stay or do I go? Is it a yes or is it a no? Is it this or is it that? But having um, always been stimulated In a world of creativity and getting to work around a ton of creative misfits, I've learned that there are so many shades of answers to any question, but you have to know which one really makes you feel alive.
0: It's really before we jumped on and started recording, one of the things that we were talking about briefly was. You know, you said that your mission as a female leader is to display your mess. And I really love that because I I feel like, again, there's so often when we're trying to work out what we would do next and who, what we could create or what we could write or what we could produce or, or, or even who we want to be um, so often that we, we start comparing ourselves to others and it looks like they have it all figured out and they just know, and they were on a path and they stayed on the path and they had tenacity for the path. And, and I feel like what you open up to us is that you can, and you, you are definitely doing this and exemplifying this. You can lead and guide with, with, Um, Very with clear intention, with clear tools, with a knowing and with a certain level of, I don't want to call it certainty, but with a certain level of knowing of like, I know that if you do these tools and go down this path, there will be something uncovered. And simultaneously, you're also able to hold vulnerable space for the times that you didn't know and the times you don't know right now. Right. Mm -hmm. So what does it, what does that mean to you to kind of, how does it feel to be a teacher? who people are looking to, to guide and mentor and provide clarity, and also at the same time hold space for the messiness and for the vulnerability?
1: I think they go hand in hand. It's critical for me to be an effective teacher. I have to walk the walk. And my aim with, it wasn't the original aim. The, the original aim was to solve a a moment of despair for my own life and once i saw um the way forward and i could reflect and study the way forward and then apply it in my own life as i taught it and deepened it and refined it um i realized well no one's going to tell the stories as in in as raw and a real way as i will because i don't feel that I have, well, I feel so responsible for other people's stories. And I don't want to take it to a place that they don't feel comfortable going. But I do feel, I've learned to feel comfortable going into the messy nooks and crannies of the experience. And I think when I do that for myself and do it with others and in front of others, it gives them the permission to then journey with me. Yes. Their own availability.
0: Mm, I love that so much. I love that. Well, I what one of the things that we are here committed to in this podcast is to really encourage our listeners and our community to create their next chapters like artists. And I, I, so much of the reason that your book resonated with me so deeply is that the, the same way that you feel, um, that you started to get a sense of what you could convey in your internal life through the methodologies and frameworks that you had used as a a brand strategist and, and an unbelievable creative being. Um, I, I started noticing that some of the things, the lessons that I felt were most important for creating my next chapter I had learned from my life as a professional dancer in my twenties that I had learned from being an artist. Mm -hmm. So, and I love, there were so many places in the book where I just wanted to jump up and down around your, your ties around creativity and again, writing and ritual and discipline and commitment and all of the things that I had believed in so deeply as a dancer, and then learned that I was using those tools moving forward. Um, But as for our listeners that are in that state of, you know creating a meaningful next chapter i'd love to ask you like what does your meaningful next chapter look like for you and what's your deeper why right now like you've just done this incredible thing of making this beautiful book and what's what's next for you and what's your deeper yearning what's your deeper why
1: yeah my deeper yearning is to continue being a creator i made the leap in writing the book from strategists, someone who uh, sharpens the direction and alignment and the springboard from which creators create. And I walked the bridge, I think, over to making something tangible. And Mm -hmm. I relished that. So as you said, so many artists as you are as a dancer, People who create art are, I think, so close to this already because life is the ultimate creative act. We already know, right, how to dig deep and express from a place of truth. How do we pinpoint um, the moments of magic that only we can bring to bear as the artist? And then how do we share that? in a form that unlocks other people, invigorates them, inspires them. And I think getting a taste of that in writing the book was sheer joy for me, a joy that I hadn't tapped since childhood. Because as a strategist, I think there is an art to strategy as well. It's a different form of art. But to write, to unleash the writer in me was incredible. And my why is to use expression and creativity and artistry yes. to unlock people at scale. And that sounds very arrogant or from a place of I unlock you. It it, it really is um, an act of service to me. How can I take all the tools that I have beautifully been gifted and learned and trained in my work as an advertising strategist and continue to unlock clients, but really unlock people in, in ways that maybe they never thought they could be unlocked. Mm.
0: So beautiful. Well, I I am going to encourage everyone that's listening you simply must read this book the life brief um you can get it at your independent bookstores and other places that books are sold but seriously seriously check out this book um before I let Bonnie go and I just I don't want this conversation to end because again I feel we are um kind of kindred soul sisters in the way that we think about helping people create their next chapters and finding clarity and being vulnerable and trusting enough to get messy in that. You're so inspiring in that way. Is there any last kind of words of wisdom or advice that you'd offer to our listeners that are searching for that clarity and what's next and creating their next chapter?
1: Yes. I would say you have more agency than you think you have. You have more possibilities available to you than you think you have. And this work though we call it work and we've talked about exercises and all that, it is small, tiny, daily increments of time. And like you said, it can happen lightning fast. This isn't arduous. Uh, What I love most about discovering this practice or uncovering it, seizing it and applying it from my work to my personal life is that what it takes is attention and presence more than it takes time and work. And so I invite everyone to come in with an open mind and an open heart and allow themselves to play with it and make it theirs.
0: Mm, Bonnie, you rock. I just love it. I love getting this chance. I love getting this chance to talk to you. I love encouraging people to read your book. I just, I want to thank you so much for just a beautiful conversation.
1: Thank you so much for creating the community, um, inviting people to next chapters. I feel like our work is very parallel and I hope that there's more of it to do in a collaborative co-creative sense, you know, Yes.
0: Yes. Oh, I, I hope so, too. I hope so. Stay tuned, everybody. We're, Bonnie and I are going to be doing more stuff together. And thank you so much for a delightful conversation. Thank you. I hope you found this episode helpful, idea-provoking, and inspiring, especially if you're in the midst of creating or clarifying your next chapter. I can't even put into words how much I appreciate you, your vulnerability, your stories of creating a life, and meaningful work amidst adversity, grief, ever-changing and challenging times, and of course, life's peaks and uncertain valleys. You are seekers, wisdom sharers, and artists of life. And together, we can build meaningful next chapters that feel aligned with who we really are, what we're put on this earth to do, and how we can make a difference one human being at a time please subscribe on Apple podcasts or on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And I would love it if you could leave a review for the art of what's next. If you know someone who wants to create a new chapter or would appreciate this episode, please share it with them. You can text it to them or email them the link or post about the show on your Instagram. If you want more help in creating your own meaningful next chapter, Join the Hivery newsletter to get inspiration, stories, and resources to help you create your next chapter like an artist. Sign up at thehivery.com forward slash podcast or at the link in the show notes.